2: welcome to the field of 68 best bets show presented by bet rivers i am kai McEwen, and we are the three man weave here to take you through another amazing slate of college basketball it's tuesday february is almost over the worst month of all the months is almost giving way to the best month ever created march conference tournaments are soon i'm stoked i'm excited i know jim is as well We're both rocking new home field Mizzou gear. We're excited. Look at that. Jim, takeaways from yesterday. What would you think?
3: Uh, My first was just a quick shout out to Sam Sessom. Statline, one for seven from the field, but a wonderful (laughs) 17 points and a massive win over Norfolk State. Okay, sure. Uh, That makes a lot of sense. Otherwise, nothing too crazy. I think people want to bury TCU because they missed a lot of layups yesterday. Uh, Matt, did you see the shot quality score in that game?
4: No, don't tell me.
3: It, well, it was 63 to 58 final, Kansas won. Uh, shot quality had 82 to 81 TCU. So both teams Oof. like 18 mm. and 24 points yeah. below their respective projections. Just a lot yep. of missed bunnies, missed open jumpers, missed free throws. It, it was a poor offensive outing for both squads. I think they're both really good. And I think uh, I yeah, still I think pretty highly of both of them.
0: Mm-hmm.
4: Yeah, I think you could walk away from that game thinking they're not as good as we thought. But you could also say, oh, so it's the one game bad variance anomaly, and you throw it out. And I tend to agree with you there. Just a reminder: Bill Self is now forty-four and twenty-three against the spread in that in-conference revenge spot. Just the all-time one of the current best in the game.
2: Game-to-game adapters, Kai in-game adapters, mm-hmm. good basketball coach. So, yes, indeed. And my takeaway was another Kansas one as well. That that win gives them fourteen Q one wins on the year, which is absurd. The next highest in the country is nine. So those fake birds, they they did their thing and. They're at the top of the Big 12 standings again. La, la, la. They win the Big 12. Ha, ha. Whatever. Hey, also, guys, we do have a new show with the Field of 68 on Sirius XM. I'm plugging this. Matt and I hosted the first one last night. It's Mondays, Thursdays, and Fridays for the next few weeks here. Uh, Jim, Greg Waddell, Jeff Goodman, Rob Douster, and Matt, Matt and I are the rotating hosts on the show. It's on wow, Channel 87. Yes, Channel Thanks. 87, Sirius XM, 9 to 11 Central. Monday, Thursday, Fridays. Check it out. Good yeah, little show. Me, me yeah. and Goodman
3: on Friday. Can't wait to, you know, yeah. really, really put his face to the fire, Kai.
2: I think it's we got simple. Matt and Doster on Thursday. Is that right? That's right. Should be a, a fun, fun one there. All right. Enough of that. Let's get into the slate of games today. We're starting off in the Big 12, as we should. It's the best league in the country. Baylor at Kansas State. Baylor is favored, Matthew, on the road. We touched on this. Just briefly on our show last night, are you surprised they're favored at the octagon of doom where K State is 11 and four against the spread, 5.5 cover margin? What are your thoughts? Yeah, but that Kansas State is not the Kansas State I've seen recently. And
4: I know they just beat Iowa State by six at home. I wasn't all that impressed with that game. Uh, Iowa State not uh, at full strength, and we've seen them start to tail off. And you have the Oklahoma loss before that, the Tech loss before that. TCU win before that, but that was against the TCU walking wounded team. I talked about this in our group chat. Marcus Noel has looked mortal the last few games. Now, I know he was much better at Iowa State when he needed to be, but turnovers are way up. and I think their offensive um, explosiveness is somewhat being detected. I think people are learning how to game plan against tank stuff a little bit, and they're just not as in- invincible, Jim, as I've seen earlier. I like Baylor here, short and simple.
3: Yeah, potentially the old road flip-flop like we saw with Kansas yeah. and TCU. Uh, there's another potential uh, possibility for that angle as well later on down the outline. Uh, yeah, I, I think I kind of lean towards Baylor here. But Kai, as you mentioned, K State 11 and four against the spread at home. Mm-hmm. Baylor only three, four and yeah. one against the spread on the road. They are coming off a- another road game uh, at Kansas. You know, quick turnaround, not not a super quick turnaround. I guess Saturday and Tuesday, uh, but we'll see if they're able to adjust, bounce back from getting absolutely shellacked in that second half, 55 to 26, like not even on the same planet as Kansas that half. Uh so I think the Ozmakers did well with this line. There's enough factors pulling in both directions that I think it's a classic stay away for me, Kai.
2: Yeah, I I'm still a big believer in Baylor. Um they're still playing their best basketball despite that second half against Kansas we saw the other day where Kansas won by 29. Ridiculous. I think JTT being back in the lineup has taken their defense to yeah. another level. Their depth, another level being Average instead of really, really bad in in the Big 12. Uh, You have to think about the revenge factor, right? K-State did win in Waco in overtime. Baylor grabbed 40% of their misses in game one. They have a big edge there. And there's no true edge I can really point to for K-State from a matchup perspective. Obviously, Tang and Drew are quite familiar with each other. I do think Drew's going to have some nice adjustments this game. I do lean towards Baylor, but the octagon scares me. And I did not take an official side in this one.
3: Yeah, You're right, though. It's
2: like, okay, Jim.
3: I want to talk up Baylor's defense with them, but last four, they've given up more than one point per possession. Like, it's still iffy, you know? It's
4: not good, but Jim, that's my point. It was so bad, though, right? I think from the point of where they were to where it is now, I mean, they're it's in-conference defense efficiency, 109.9. I mean, it's a one point, you know, improvement the last three. I don't know. I think mm-hmm. it's still worth
2: something to me. Indeed. Next game, Big 12 again. Iowa State at Texas. The spread was eight. It's come down now to seven at bet rivers. Jim, I think it's too big. Frankly, Caleb grill game time decision for Iowa state, potentially why this spread is the is where it is. Iowa state hasn't lost a, a conference game by more than eight points all season. Who do you like in this one?
3: Uh, Iowa state if Grill plays, but I think he matters a lot. I mean, he did not play at yeah. K state. They hung around in kind of a, a slot fest, but the game he missed prior to that was at Mizzou when they got boat raced and run out of the gym. I I think that matters a lot, just not having another floor spacer on the court puts a little more pressure on Holmes to knock down shots. Kalsher has come back down to earth lately. That's been somewhat of an issue for them. And Matt, Texas has been pretty solid too. Uh, They're going to have the old revenge angle on the mind, having lost at Hilton Coliseum. And I just generally don't think I've given Texas enough credit this year. Uh, If Grillo's out, I think I will like the under- uh, just based on where the numbers at, and taking off a shooter from the floor, uh, also a guy that will take quick shots. Like if Grill sees an opening, he will he will take transition threes. Less uh, possibility of that when he's off the floor. So going to keep an eye on him. That if he's in, probably an Iowa State lean. If he's out, probably an under lean.
4: I agree. we always say players don't matter until they do. I think Caleb Grill absolutely matters. Um, had 17 in the first matchup against Texas. In that game, uh, Kunz did not play. Without Grill tonight, Koontz is back and has been shooting the ball better. They need one of those two guys, one of those two dudes at all times. They need both, though, really, because they just don't have a lot of shot makers. And I think they really loosen up the um, – they loosen up opponent defenses. And I think they give them, like, that kind of mini-spurt ability that they need to kind of patch together these scoring droughts that they go through, which is really where they start to look mortal. I like Iowa State there. Kai, we said last night it fell too high. I still think it feels too high.
2: Yeah, I would say it's just a tough team, man. They stick around. It's really hard to blow them out. They're, they're just a team that fights. I, I would say they work harder than any team in the country, and I know that's an impossible thing to measure, but that's just what I get the sense of when I watch their games. Like, man, these guys are always on the floor. They're taking charges. Taman Lipsy is the biggest pest in college basketball. Yeah. Uh just gets his hands on everything. Just a freshman, fantastic player, poised. Texas is off two straight pretty poor efforts, I, I would say. The loss to Texas Tech, who is getting better, was concerning, and they just survived Oklahoma in overtime in Austin. That's a little concerning to me. I think Iowa State, the bounce back after the Kansas State loss, again, they beat Texas in Ames by 11. I I just think they're too tough of a team to to get blown out here. I think they hang around within the numbers. I lean towards Iowa State. Next game, SEC time. Another surprising spread, perhaps, to people out there. Texas A&M is minus two hosting tennessee i do think it's odd matt perhaps it's due to more injuries tennessee julian phillips jjj we're not sure if they're playing today i don't know i still might not have a and favorite here i'd probably make it closer to pick maybe slightly towards tennessee what are your thoughts yeah i think i would too um so i'm tempted to take the two here problem is i i do
4: think the injury situation of phillips and jjj matters here so i if they were fully healthy and intact and integrated, I would be grabbing this two more eagerly, Jim. But just given the form that they play without them, um, it, the thing with Tennessee is I, they just their offense, I think, has been somewhat overblown how bad it is. I mean, this team did still score 68 points against Alabama, a fairly low possession game. Um, so it, it's just gone through some spells and some weird droughts. I think the volatility kind of makes it for a good bounce back spot here after the really putrid performance at Kentucky. I don't know. Maybe I'm grasping for straws there. Just feels like there's some value here on the Vols.
3: Yeah, I don't think the offense is that, that horrific either. I mean, they had that weird game with Auburn in the 40s, but that's the second Auburn game that's been in the 40s this year. So you can maybe Man, put North that Western, a little yeah. more <laughs> on the Tigers and the Vols. Obviously, Kai they scored like 1.2 points per possession against our Mizzou Tigers.
2: 1.33, yeah.
3: 1.33, yeah. <laughs> like that was just fine. I know Mizzou's defense is terrible, but uh, that's not so bad. I I just don't think that the offense has been as much of a problem as much as defensive regression has really been a serious issue. Uh, Teams are making more threes against Mm -hmm. them and you take out very versatile pieces like Phillips and Josiah Jordan, James guys that can guard different spots, switch give you lineup optionality. And yeah, that starts to look a little bit more vulnerable too. So I I think despite, you know, still being number one in Ken Palm's defensive metrics, like Mm -hmm. the defense has also had some, some uh, cracks in the armor at this stage. I still wanted to like Tennessee here because I don't fully believe in Texas A&M yet. They have yet to play Tennessee or Alabama. They've gotten to play uh, yeah. South Carolina. They've gotten to play Vanderbilt or LSU twice. Like their SEC yep. schedule has been soft. Uh, but I'm going to stay away because of the injuries. If you get, if you tell me JJJ and Phillips are in there healthy, I probably would take Tennessee, especially at this price. Uh, but I don't know if I'll be able to get on that before it moves. So, sit in this Hi. one out, Mr. McEwen.
4: Real quick note on Texas A and M, who I think we're all reluctant to like give full praise to right now. Um, their defense has been very shellish, right? They're giving they're giving up the most threes in SEC play, and guess what? It's the worst shooting we've seen this conference have in a while. Like t- mm-hmm. this, co- this league is littered with just not shooting teams. Maybe they benefited just from that kind of how those two matchups have gone hand in hand. I think A and still a little bit overrated. I think postseason I will have them on my fade list just to kind of tip my march.
3: It's just like, it reminds me of that UCF or excuse me, the NM Wichita Hanna. year where, uh, or no, it was, it was, oh, American. Uh, yeah, Tulsa, the year Tulsa like won the American because they played zone and no the one Frank in the Hayf conference Hayf, could yeah. make threes mm-hmm. right? and it, it ended up helping them out. And that's what Texas A&M does is say, Hey, take jumpers and no one makes them in this conference.
2: Yeah. Well, like, like Jim said, A&M schedule, they're 12 and two in the sec. They're one game behind Alabama, but their schedule, man, Tennessee and Alabama, just once, both games are at home. And have played them, so that's not part of them. that 12-2, right? Yeah, yeah. right? right. Kentucky just once. Uh, those are the three best teams in the conference. <laughs> they're, they're, they're playing just one time, and two of them are at home. It's a fortunate schedule. Now, you still have to take care of business, and they are they have been impressive lately, for sure. I agree, though, with what Jim said about Tennessee's defense is really, I think, the issue for them lately, and it, and it is probably more so regression because they did score 1.3 points per possession against Mizzou. They scored 1.1 against Vanderbilt. Both were losses. Their wins, they scored 0.99 and 0.69 in the in their last six games, or two and four in the last six. It has not been pretty on the defensive end, uh, in addition to the off- offensive end. I, I agree with Jim, though. I'm staying away unless I know about the injuries. I do still lean them plus two. I'm still a believer in the Tennessee team, though they have not showed uh, me reasons to right, right now, lately. Okay. Next game, Marquette at Creighton. Another spread that makes me think a little bit high, in my opinion, Jim. Just a little bit high. I think it's five last time I checked, five and a half at Bet Rivers in favor of Creighton in Omaha. Shock as a dog. We know the stats. They're really good. He's very good against this spread, and he's a dog. But Creighton's no joke at home. Um, Despite their ATS mark, it's kind of like 500. But we know how good they can be at home. Who do you like in this game?
3: Yeah, to to build on two of your points there, uh, Shaka 48 and 26 against the spread as a road dog in his career, that's 65%. It's been the same way at every school, VCU, Texas, Marquette. Like He just consistently is great there. And Kai, to the point on the number, uh, I believe Providence got six without Jared Bynum at Creighton mm. and Marquette's getting almost the same number, fully healthy. That's weird to me. Yeah. Um, I know Creighton is better than they were now, then at least especially perception wise and where they land analytically. Uh, but that, that seems a little bit too high to me. I would definitely expect Creighton to continue the trend of the the top four big East teams are undefeated at home, mm-hmm. but it's too many, no, uh, too many points for me to lay it with Creighton. I would lean towards Shaka here, Matt getting the five and a half.
4: Sorry, going the other way. Zigging against the zag, it's my best bet. But I do think your point on the number feeling a little too high, at least on the full game, is apt. I'm going to go first half here, Kai. Matchup-wise, first game, Marquette took it to Creighton, no Calk printer in that game. Marquette's entire offense is getting to the rim, spacing you, driving you. Calk, I think, will help cure that. Now, they could draw Calk away, which will be kind of the mismatch. That'll be an interesting chest, But I think Creighton's smart about it. You keep Calk near the rim, you make them make jump shots, makes Marquette look a little more mortal on offense. And I just think the way this offense for Creighton is trending, I think there's a buy low on that side of the ball for the blue Jays. They have not made shots. I think guys are starting to get into a rhythm. I like Creighton here. First half minus three, best bet.
2: Yeah. I, I like the spot for Creighton. You mentioned the Marquette game, game one, they won in Milwaukee by 11, no Cockbrenner only a little bit important. That guy, um, we think top 10 impact player for his team, maybe top five in the country in terms of how much he impacts his, his team's winning. Um, it is a huge game for the Big East title. A win pulls Creighton into a tie with Marquette at the top. A little more incentive there. Not that they're not going to try hard, but I, I do think the the, the number is a little bit too high for me, Matt. So, well, have the spot for Creighton. Support your best bet in the first half. Numbers too high for me.
3: I'll throw out one more number that maybe helps, Matt. Uh, this is from Paint Touches, a, a great Marquette mm-hmm. blog on Twitter tweeted that Tyler Kolick has really struggled against Creighton uh, through his career, partially because of the drop coverage, and he doesn't get to maneuver around the paint and probe as much as he would like to. He's kind of forced to be more of a scorer. And you look at his stat lines, uh, especially last year, really not strong. This year he couldn't score, one for nine, uh, with, even without Kalkbrenner, but he had eight assists and no turnovers. so hard to really like condemn that performance. But that might be something where uh, yeah. this Creighton defense is a little bit of an antidote to the great uh, Marquette offense.
4: I like the under as well. It's been bad down a little bit. Yeah. I, think, I think we made some good points that point toward under in this game 146.5 currently. Ballsy Marquette under. Ballsy,
3: Jim. I know. Or, uh, Matthew. I under. think they can slow him down. will slow him down a little
2: bit. All right. Chat mob part one. We got Jim on Czar duties. What do we got?
3: Going straight to Matt. He was directly asked a question from Joey about good. Emu. The fighting of Monty Bates is oh, being God. favored. Uh, they are hosting Western Michigan. I'm seeing three and a half. For your Eagles, Matt, do you trust Imani here? They are currently, both these teams, are outside of the MAC tournament. You have to be in the top eight to get there. So they need wins.
4: Um, no, not going to lie. I lean their way. Um, I was pretty confident they would give Akron, I'm sorry, I can't stay, a little bit of a game, National television last Friday. They did not. That was a bad, bad performance. Um, I think they're done. I'm out. They have a cute little ATS streak. They're done now.
3: Yeah, there's a chance that like they just can't get there. I think they're two games behind Central Michigan to, to be in that 18 field. Yeah, God. It might be uh, just a little they're bit favored. Too, a little too late. I agree with Ed. Why are they favored? It just feels weird. Team's a disaster. Yeah, West Michigan's not good, right?
4: I know. Yeah. All right, Kai, I, I scanned the outline
3: three times to make sure I didn't miss this one. Uh It is not on there, so don't worry. Uh, Miami at Virginia Tech here. Mm. This is your classic unranked team is favored Over-ranked no team no 13 against the spread no. this year Matthew you have to mention it the fact that I can't back that up with a reasoning why makes me hesitant to ride that trend Kyber right. what do you think
2: because there is no reason why Jim <laughs> there's no reason hold why. on I think there's it's a there's total a, there's hap- reason it is total happenstance no it's What's the reason that there's no reason I, th- I
4: think there's something to the angle of you have a ranked team coming into your building I think you just adds a little more juice to the home spot um, that and more people and more pressure on the road team. I don't know. That's a again, a very sliver reachment angle. I think most of it is just correlation with big 10 conferences being so awesome at home, uh, big 12 being so awesome at home. I think there's more things that are behind this trail than just like
2: yes, unranked home favorites, boom system. Like, I don't know. I think track, pull back a layer or two, track it over the last five years. I bet it's 50 50.
3: I actually think it's strong over the last five years. I think I saw it a couple is, yeah, people tweeting about this today, which is weird to me. Hmm. The one thing I came up was talking with Tim Murray on VEASAN today. And we are like, all right, maybe it's because these teams that are home and favored at unranked have actually been kind of unlucky in a way where they've been better sure. than their record indicates, which is why they're not yeah. ranked. For and then you get some yeah. regression. I don't know those forces there. It's Anyways, Kai, Virginia Tech, Miami. What do you think? Yes.
2: Remember, spreads are independent of rankings, right? These teams are still good that are That's favored right. at home. They're good teams. That's why they're covering as well. They should be favored in these spots. Uh, Virginia Tech has definitely had a tough year. I, I lean Miami. actually here, Jim. Uh, trends aside, I think Vot Tech's kind of done, frankly, to, to this season, and I've been very impressed with Miami lately. I think they're... I'm starting to buy the dark horse factor in the NCAA tournament, which I've been kind of resisting for the last couple of weeks.
3: Yeah, Really good guards, and we don't think Virginia Tech defends well in space, in ball screens. You put Basile in space, mm-hmm. and I think that's a problem match-wise. Mm-hmm. Alright, Matt, back to the Mac. Kent State, who you said uh, thought would get a game from Emu, they are on the road at Ball State in Muncie, laying three and a half Tough spot for them trying to uh, stay near the top of the league. The other big MAC game is on the outline, so don't worry. Akron-Toledo will be discussed in detail.
4: Ball State bounced back after a disgusting home loss to Western Michigan. I think they were looking ahead for sure to this game, um, but I would need like five to take Ball State confidently against Kent State. Kent State's
3: just too solid. Um, I need five to take Ball State here. I buy that. Uh, Kai, another conference leader on the road, Youngstown State. The Penguins are at Robert Morris. They are laying four and a half here. Do we think the uh, the Penguins keep rolling into that one seed in the Horizon?
2: I would not fade them. They're not at home, which gives me a little, gives me a little bit more confidence. I made the spread lower than five for sure, um, but I'm not fading Youngstown.
3: Yeah, Robert Morris been fairly solid They just yeah, whooped Bobby Milwaukee Lube. at home. Uh, another one of the top leagues or top teams in that league. Uh, I'll take this one from Michael Zhang, Colorado State at San Diego State, 10 and a half spread there for the Aztecs at home. I'm worried this is a little bit of a look ahead for the Aztecs. They've got at the pit and at Boise coming up their next two games laying double digits here. I could see them playing with their food a little bit, but we have seen in the past, Matt, this athleticism of the show and Dutchers team gives Colorado State a lot of problems. I think they get up 20 in every game and sometimes they blow the lead and, and Colorado State comes back and sometimes they maintain it. So uh, slightly into Colorado State, but not going to bet it.
4: Yeah, I ton of dynamics both ways here. Like I really like San Diego State, but I think there's a chance Colorado State takes them to the wire. Um, we've seen them do it before in spots where they had worse talent. But that's really good. Uh, Dutch usually schemes well against them. No play for me here,
3: though. All right, Kai, to you, slew at Richmond, about a pick them, I believe. Uh, obviously, mm-hmm. big uh, thoughts go out to Mr. Mooney on the Richmond side here.
2: Yeah, Mooney uh, away from the team. He's having heart surgery. We'll keep him out for the rest of the season. We wish him luck for that. From a, a strictly on-court perspective, I like SLU here. Um, I- I'm not afraid of Richmond's home court. It has not been strong this season. And Slew is still in play for the A-10 title. They have VCU and Dayton left on the schedule. They've lost to both those teams, but... With them still on the schedule, they can split those games, the season series, pull themselves into a tie or an outright first-place win. So I think plenty of motivation. I also think Richmond's defense is terrible, and Slew's offense um, has the juice to score uh, on the Spiders at will.
3: All right, we're going to go back to the outline. I saw VCU-St. Joe's. We'll get that later. Uh, ECU and Tulsa will come later in best bets. So, yeah, we're going to hit more games. But, Kai, back to you for the outline.
2: Big 10 country, Indiana at Michigan State. At first, Matt, I thought this spread looked pretty high. Michigan State minus three. I looked at my line that I made. I juiced up home court just a bit for Michigan State because of the Big 10 angle. I made it right right around where it is. I don't think you can call these teams equal right now on a neutral floor for sure. But I do give a lot of credit to Big 10 home. Sparty, seven and five against the spread at home. Indiana smashed them in game one. I don't know. I, if you if you took away home court, the Big Ten thing, Matt, in my head, probably right. in Indiana. That's, yeah. But what are your thoughts? That's it. Right. Uh,
4: 68 and 41 against the spread through the weekend. Our home team's in the Big Ten gym.
2: Wait,
3: what did you say it was?
4: 68 and 41 against the spread. Okay. I thought you guess.
3: said 61 and 48. And so oh, yeah,
4: 68 sure. and 41. Thank yeah. you. You're right, against the spread. That's even better. Um, it, it's actually insane, and that's why I'm not taking IU, but I do think this line's too high. Um, uh, I, I know Sparty has still been sneaky, solid, right. Kind of just flying under the radar in the big 10, haven't really yeah. done anything super wrong, you know, yeah. kind of forgotten about him, uh, which feels like a bad spot to fade Izzo kind of a back against the wall. We're going to, you know, maybe underachieve here. So <clears throat> just don't bet on you here. I think the right side, I just wouldn't, I wouldn't chase that dollar tonight. Who's your, who's your
3: nation. Yeah. I, I like Michigan state, both from the home angle of the big 10 and, is this press conference after the Michigan game about how emotional it was to get back on the court after the shooting at Michigan State and yeah, just kind of he's, he's like I asked my players for 40 good minutes and they gave me 38 and I can't really ask more of them uh, after this uh, they just ran out of gas in the end the one problem was they got beat up inside Terrace mm-hmm. Reed took them to the woodshed and now you've got Trace Jackson Davis mm-hmm. and Race Thompson coming to town so I, I worry a little bit matchup wise but Kai I think I would ride the emotional spot and the angle of how strong Big Ten home has been with with Sparty.
2: Yeah, Indiana's going to smash him inside. TJD had 31 and 15 and five blocks in the first matchup. They have no answer for him. And yeah. and Matt, Matt said it when he said, Sparty has been solid. Exactly. They're just a solid team. They're not scary. They don't scare me. I doubt they scare Indiana, but spot wise, I do lean towards Michigan State here. Number, I can't get there. So I'd stay away. I'll be honest real quick Michigan State wins, Ohio State, and then at home,
4: Maryland, Iowa, Rutgers. Yeah. All teams with Stark home road performance in the big ten. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I still think Indiana's a better team. I, I, I think it plus three is a good value. Sorry, Jim.
3: Yeah. I also I like the over a little bit, by the way.
2: Mm. Mm. Uh next mm. game. We're talking our Tigers, Jim. Mississippi State at Mizzou. Mizzou minus three and a half. It's a huge game for both teams. A win by Mississippi State likely locks them into the tournament. It would be another Q1 victory. They're already on the right side of the bubble, just barely. Mizzou needs to stop bleeding. It's their last chance at a quality win with LSU, Georgia, and Ole Miss remaining on their schedule. (sighs) Game one was really bad, Jim. If you remember 0.79 points per possession for Mizzou, couldn't do anything. Do they bounce back at home?
3: Yeah, they they shot terribly and they made like two or three threes in the final two minutes to make their three point percentage look respectable, but Hey, so did Mississippi state. They didn't make threes. They never make threes. They're one of the worst (laughs) shooting teams in the country. The problem was the paint. Uh, Mizzou competed on the glass, basically a wash there, but the finishing inside has been Mm -hmm. a real bugaboo for Mizzou. In the half court, they struggle to get quality two-pointers. Most of their good twos are via steals and transition and running off defensive rebounds, and Mississippi State forces you to play in the half court. And so Mizzou was sub 40% in the first game inside the arc. Mississippi State shot 60%. I'm worried that that split continues. So I lean Mizzou from a spot perspective, Matt. From a matchup, I have to kind of tilt towards Mississippi State. So sitting this one out, staying away. Yes,
4: I disagree with the money. I do. I think the uh, fighting Christians are due for some shooting regression. Are they a good shooting team? By God, no. They're horrible. But these percentages are just insane. Like 3 for twenty-five, three for 19. There is at some point, I don't care who you are, you are due some positive regression in that direction. They continue to get pretty good shots. I mean, they've been scoring... Efficiently inside, Tolu's been really good now that he's fully healthy, kind of playing through him more. Um I just think they're kind of a bylaw on the offense, and their defense is just suffocating. I think they get the sweep tonight of the Tiggers. Sorry, John,
2: I do. Uh, I, I kind of buy it. Isaiah Mosley's been out the last few games. No one really knows why. It's personal. There's tons of rumors. Who knows what it really is. I don't know if he's playing. He probably won't, to be honest. I, I, I just can't count on him to play. Um, I, I do think Mizzou bounces back here a little bit. Um, they do shoot better at home. They are off a really disappointing effort against Texas A&M. A little bit better in the second half, but not not a great effort overall in that game. But on the spread, three and a half points. I can't trust the Tigers enough to to lay that Jim. I'd probably lean miss state on the spread.
3: I hope they get a little more minutes out of Gomillion today because their style needs depth, and they kind of haven't had it, especially without mm-hmm. Mosley and Gomillion. You can't generate a lot of steals and pressure defensively if you don't have depth. And so, hopefully, they get him back because he's he's a very good defender.
2: Yes, yes. Did he play last game? I thought he was available. Three three minutes. Yeah, turnover. Like didn't really do All anything. Right. Yeah. All righty. Next game, Big Twelve country. We're coming right back. Texas Tech at Oklahoma. That Texas Tech could keep rolling, man. They they've won three straight. They have four Q one wins in their last six games. This would be another one. On the road. The tournament is not out of reach. It's it's very improbable, but it's not out of reach. Batcho missed last game, but Isaacs came back. AMAC has been very good. He was awesome against West Virginia. 10 for 10 from the free throw line, AMAC. Impressive. But Oklahoma, respectable, especially at home. Just beat K-State, hung with Texas in overtime on the road. What are your thoughts here, Oklahoma laying two and a half?
4: No idea here. I think I actually lean toward the seniors. honestly. Um, just basically... The home angle, uh, and you're right. The last two games they, they played well, and it's it's the point now where I think OU being a little bit undervalued. This team's not very good, very short talent wise, but um, dropping you know into the six-season Ken Palm, Porter Moser is just too good. That system I think is too sturdy of a floor to drop. You know below the cooler Enfield zone ranges as we like to call them. Um, so yeah, I spot here Jim favors OU. I kind of like OU. I know Tech's starting to get a little bit back in a rhythm, but I think the Sooners get this done tonight.
3: I don't. I don't really know. I'm worried. There's some. Stay away. Stay away. Oklahoma, don't bet this game. Yeah, I, I actually I would lean towards Texas Tech. You get Davion Harmon's homecoming to Norman Matthew. I know yeah. you love that angle. Yeah, he's been great too. Uh, he's back and he's been playing awesome. Uh, maybe that ramps up the pressure a little bit. Uh, Oklahoma only five eight and one against the spread at home. Texas Tech four three and one on the road. So maybe tilts a little bit towards the Red Raiders. They got Pop Isaacs back last game. Fifteen points off the bench gave them a real. Offensive boost at West Virginia. Got the possible road flip-flop, Kai. Oklahoma won mm-hmm. in overtime at the first meeting in Lubbock. I actually like Texas Tech here.
2: In, and in game one, no Batcho, no AMAC, no Isaacs for Texas Tech. Extremely shorthanded. I like Tech too, man. Plus two and a half. I, I think they keep, keep it going. I think they went out right, and they make things very interesting for the tournament. The yeah, next Isaacs days. could be, yeah, Isaacs is huge. I mean, he really is. He's just an awesome shot maker.
0: Just, I like, like that he's coming
2: off the bench, at least last game. Yeah. It's it's a role that suits him better, in my opinion. You're getting a
3: healthier Fardaw's. He, he's been pretty productive mm-hmm. lately. I, I think that matters. Like His first couple games back, off an injury, we'll, we'll talk about another injury similar to that later, uh, but I think I'm giving him credit for needing time to get healthy.
2: Yeah, absolutely. All right, let's finish off the rundown here with a Maction contest. Akron at Toledo. Did we realize Toledo's won 11 straight? Jim, yeah. I'm not sure. I have... I'm not sure I, I realize they've won eleven in a row. Now well, seven and four for... against the spread. So not a juggernaut, but still pretty solid against the number. Akron's tumbled a bit. They lost to Toledo and Ohio back to back, but they just smoked Eastern Michigan and Buffalo. Perhaps they got right in that. Toledo's favored by four, Jim. What are your thoughts?
3: Yeah, this is the clash of physical disciplined half court team, which is Akron and they're rebounding. Freeman is gonna probably have his way with the Toledo front line. Versus the incredible spacing and potent offense of Toledo. We've been burned a little bit recently with Toledo. Kai, I know that you said 7-4 against the spread last 11. We've you know, had them first half, I think, last game. They did not cover, unfortunately. Matt, I, I lean towards Akron here. I think they make this a, oh, stra- come on. a street fight. I'm not fading Toledo. That's just a lean. I'm not betting it. But I don't fully trust Toledo against physicality yet.
4: Uh, I do. I just think they're too... I think they can negate that with how they play against this Akron team who I'm just still not all the way sold on yet. Um, I'm right on Toledo here. I mean, they took him down in the first matchup, picked him apart, one by 10. uh, I mean, got Akron. As Jordan Majeski points out, like, they never lose at home. That was a pretty impressive performance there. Toledo kind of played with their food last game defensively, weren't that engaged. I think they're looking ahead to this rematch with Akron. I think they get the sweep here. Um, Toledo first half is always the preferred wager when betting our rocket chips squad. So that's where i go here. Toledo, first half minus two and a half.
2: Yeah. Toledo, you mentioned Matt, they're going for the the sweep. They won by 10 the first game. They shot 28 free throws. It was a bit of a foul fest for Akron and they're also 50% from three. They are a, they are a dangerous team. They put 1.27 points per possession up on Akron. That's very impressive, but I'm kind of a gym here. I think Akron bounces back. Um, The rocket offense is explosive. Very scary. I'm not confident in my side lane here, but Four points is a lot, and I still think this Akron team is very good. I still kind of think they're going to win the MAC tournament, even though I like Kent State the best out of this conference. Um, I lean towards Akron plus four. I'm upset with both of you falling into the
4: Akron trap. I'm, I'm really upset with both of you.
3: Come on. I think uh, Matt, I think Matt and I on. disagreed on like seven of the eight games on the outline. So fun, fun day. Ooh. <laughs>
2: that does it for the rundown. Let's go chat mob part deuce.
3: Kai, back to you for an A10 game here. VCU lane five on the road at St. Joe's. Is it weirdly a letdown spot for VCU after blowing out a game Fordham squad?
2: Eh, maybe. I, I think VCU can ten, can take care of business. But we've talked about St. Joe's recently. We've been impressed by them. They have really good guards. Um, but Toledo or excuse me, VCU's defense, uh, very good on the perimeter. Ace Baldwin, very good on ball defender. I think the spread's about right. I stayed away.
3: All right, Matt, how about out west? Utah State the Aggies are a six-point favorite at Wyoming. Again, team that is down to very, very few players. Does Utah State keep rolling after their big comeback win, trying to get closer and closer to the bubble? Basically, first four out in just about every bracketology you're going to find right now.
4: Yeah, I just, again, away from home they haven't been. Um as great, I, mean, I know they won at Colorado State, but uh, I I guess it's a little too short. Just given how depleted Wyoming is, it's just Wyoming's such a tough team to handicap right now. I, I can't have any certainty mm-hmm. when I'm betting those games.
3: All right, Kai, your best bet exists in Villanova Xavier, so we will discuss that very shortly. Instead, you'll get Nevada, a home favorite minus eight and a half against San Jose State. Timmy Miles and the boys been very feisty. Are they going to are they going to stick around in Reno?
2: Yeah, the spread's pretty high. I I respect Nevada. I realize how good they are this season, but nine points is a lot for San Jose State. I think they can stick around, hang around inside the number here. Just a lean.
3: Matthew, in the ACC, Georgia Tech at Pitt. Pitt is laying 12. They're coming off a loss at the other Tech in this league, Virginia Tech. Georgia Tech is without Davon Smith. That really spooks me out. I I thought maybe they could hang around with their zone-type looks, but Pitt can really shoot it. So actually towards the Panthers, what do you think?
4: Uh, I, I don't trust pit lane this many, even without Davion Smith. I mean, the last two and a half, three games for Georgia Tech haven't been all that terrible. I mean, got almost one at Wake and they beat Tech. So I, I can see Pitt kind of dancing around the six to eight point margin most of the game and just not quite putting Tech to bed. Uh, I lean Tech.
3: Your breaking news is that... Brandon Miller may be implicated in the Darius Miles in, in murder investigation in Alabama. So the Tide going to be closely monitoring that police what? investigation. Uh, yeah, it reported that the police are saying Darius Miles texted Brandon Miller to bring the gun used to commit the murder. So
2: NATO says wrong spot, wrong time. Yeah, could be bad. We'll okay. see.
3: Um, and that's a text. Maybe we don't know that he actually brought it. So we'll see. Uh, okay. Okay. I believe that is it for Chat Mob, actually. So, Matt, right. we're going to go to Best Bets. No, oh, actually, yep, I, no, Matt, before you go, we've, you've given yours out. So, you're going to give uh, a take on Georgia at Arkansas around a 13 and a half point spread.
4: I like the road Bulldogs, Jimbo. Um, I agree. I, I just think coming off that insane loss, I think they actually have some value today bouncing back here. And I just don't, you know, I don't think Arkansas is the same spurt Favorite favorite we've seen years past. They just blew out Florida. The Florida rules without Castleton. I think that makes them a completely different team. I think toward uh the Bulldogs here.
3: Yeah. Arkansas did start Smith and played him a ton of minutes instead of burying him like they did before. I think that matters, but we'll see. Kai, if you want to talk about Miami, Ohio and, and Bowling Green, <laughs> you can, but I certainly don't have a take. I don't know if you do.
2: Whatever side I w- would bet on this game, the other side would hit because Bowling Green and Miami are involved and neither team I'd be able to figure it's out. It's not entire season. worth the pain of betting on either one of these teams we'll, and then not covering for you. It's not worth that pain. Don't. Will either team try to win? They're both going to try to give the game to the other one in in like the last <laughs> five minutes. They're just going to no. You win. You win. They're both very nice. They they like to the, make the other team win, Jim.
3: Yep. Both outside looking in, in the MAC tournament, uh, trying to catch Central Michigan for that last spot to get in. We saw Bowling Green. I think it was Kai just gag away a game to Central Michigan recently. I, I wonder if both these teams are near rolling over and, hey, Hate I don't it. want that Travis Steele. Yeah. All right. Now we can go to best bets. Sorry, Matt. I'll let you uh, reiterate yours.
4: Yeah, no, you're good. Taking the jump, shooting Jays, creating minus three and a half, first half Kai, fading the Shaka as a dog, but I'm trying to circumvent the oh, you got bad three. voodoo with the first half. Sorry, three. It's not two. Yeah, three. Pardon me.
2: Yeah. Um, trying to ditch that trend by taking the first half. Hopefully the gambling gods don't notice. Perfect. I'm taking Xavier minus four and a half, as you can see on the screen below. Um, just had not been impressed by Villanova lately, even with Justin back. I don't think they've taken the leap that we expected. Um, and Xavier, very tough at home this season. Two straight covers after that Butler debacle. They're actually three and two against the spread without Fremantle. That gives me a little bit of hope. Uh, this is a pretty short spread. Xavier controlled game one. I expect them to do the same tonight. Also, Des Claude expected to play as is Jerome Hunter, who rolled his ankle last game. Uh, So Xavier minus four and a half is where I'm going.
3: Yeah, Nova hasn't quite ascended. Um, Justin Moore is healthier and playing better, but I think there might be some questions about Neptune capitalizing. I mean, you look at the team last year, it's Colin Gillespie and Jermaine Samuels traded out for Cam Whitmore and Mark Armstrong, and they're a lot worse. So I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, I think I lean your way there too, Kai. I think you're getting a a bargain of a price. Thanks. My my best bet is East Carolina minus one and a half against Tulsa. Tulsa is a disaster. 3-21 and against the spread this year with two pushes. It's getting worse. That's the problem. Anthony Pritchard's been out the last five games. They're 0-5 with a, Kai, negative 16 cover margin over those five games. They are getting (laughs) shelled, dominated, blown out. I think they have quit, rolled over. It's not even their last home game. It's not like it's senior night to motivate them. I think this is a a thrashing. East Carolina is competent enough to win. They recently beat Cincinnati. Uh, I'll take the Pirates there against the horrific Golden Hurricanes.
2: I support your best bet. I support all your best bets and yours, Chat Mob. Thank you for joining us on the Field of 68 Best Bets show. We will be back tomorrow at 12 Central, 1 p.m. Eastern to talk more basketball. Till then, good luck on your bets.
1: We'll see you tomorrow. Mother's Day is almost here.